0: We'll catch you tomorrow. (laughs) See you then. All right. Hello and welcome to The Hill. It has the attention of Team Trump, but it involves Nikki Haley, one of the biggest and wealthiest names in conservative politics over the last few decades, has now named its candidate. Today, the network backed by Charles Koch says they'll throw their money and support behind Haley. What it means for the race for the White House coming up. Plus, more hostages freed from Israel. Hunter Biden fighting back against House Republicans, and what North Korea is allegedly watching inside our borders, so they say. Thanks for being with us here on The Hill. I'm Blake Berman, joined today by Scott Bolden, the former DC Democratic Party chairman. Ashley Davis is a former George W. Bush White House official. Chris Hahn, a News Nation political contributor and former senior aide to Senator Chuck Schumer. And Mick Mulvaney, of course, the former Trump White House chief of staff, News Nation political and economic contributor, as well. The Hill on News Nation starts right now. All right, but first, here as we start on The Hill, it is a striking image. We begin tonight with a picture that was posted on social media by a congressman, David Valadeo. He's a Republican from California, and he says that right there is what happened to his district office back home. You can see there, covered in red paint, flyers posted on the front door by anti-Israel protesters. The congressman says that right there is vandalism, not peaceful protesting. He says it is unacceptable. Hello to you all. Nice to have you in. Um, you know, I, I can't help but think we've seen pro-Palestinian demonstrators shake the gates of the White House. Uh, the scene at, over at the DNC, what was that, two weeks ago? And now it's getting to the doorstep, Mick,
1: you're, for, you're a former congressman, of a, of a former member. And it's probably going next to the doorstep of members of Congress themselves. That's extraordinarily Like litter, like Absolutely. at their homes, you Absolutely. Think. Most of these folks publish their address. My address was on the Internet for years. My home hmm. phone number was on the Internet for years. And people expect their members of Congress to be reachable and sort of in the district where they live. So these folks know where a lot of the members live, and the violence could get out of hand very quickly. This is
2: horrible. Disgusting. It's not peaceful protest. You're not allowed to vandalize. You have a right to say whatever you want. I may disagree with you, and I disagree with them vehemently here. But you have absolutely no right to vandalize property, particularly uh, to threaten a member of Congress in this way. I don't like it. It's out of control. It shouldn't
3: be going on. Unless you're losing your credibility when you do stuff like that,: right. instead right. of doing peaceful protesting, which is how the pro-Israeli marches went. This
4: is such an emotional issue. so many people and we're getting these images of Gaza and we get the images of the Israeli hostages coming home and Israel certainly has a right to defend itself I think the challenge is that when is these protesters many of them not all are protesting for peace even liberal Jewish groups and pro-Palestinian groups who want to cease fire as opposed to they're not supporting Hamas. And I think there's a thin line of demarcation there that we need to keep this in mind. But you're right. Vandalism and violence is never the answer. Never. It takes away from your your, your messaging. Right.
3: I also wonder, remember during the Black Lives Matter marches, a lot of people, especially remember in D.C. when all the um, stores were vandalized, and especially down in City Center and other places, which is a shopping spot, And they were actually people that were brought in to do that. They were paid protesters. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we haven't seen that destruction yet, but I wonder how many of these people are not really protesters for the cause, but for other reasons. Infiltrators.
1: Yeah. Scott, you said something caught my attention, which is there's good people there. Tran- uh, protesting. I've heard that line before mm-hmm. in Charlottesville. I've heard that line on January 6th. There well, were people from
4: Democrats. Oh, I understand
1: that. that, but there were people on January 6th who were peacefully protesting. Mm-hmm. That's not what the story was about. There were people in Charlottesville who were peacefully pro- t- protesting. That's not what the story is about. If you're at one of these rallies and it gets out of hand, you should leave, or else you're yeah. going to be painted with the same brush that the folks yeah. who are, who are yeah. misbehaving. And I think right.
2: the people who are involved with this movement should be out there condemning the violence themselves. Absolutely, because like we said multiple times here. It weakens the message. It, right. it eliminates the message.
0: So let's right. go over now to the halls of Congress, uh, because joining us now is the Republican congressman from California, David Valadeo. Congressman, thank you for being here uh, on the Hill. Appreciate the time you posted that Thanks for having me. to your uh, to your social media account. Um, and I'm wondering, sir, when when you saw that, first off, how did you find out? Like, did a staff member call you and, and what was what was your re- reaction? So it happened early
5: in the morning on Monday morning. And uh, so, yes, yeah, so when my district director arrived, he sent me a picture, and he let me know.
0: What was your response?
5: You know, I obviously frustrated. Um, we, uh, I... Obviously, checked to make sure everyone was okay. It happened with no one there, so no one was threatened and no one was physically affected by this. But uh, frustrated because it's obviously a group that I disagree with vehemently, as one of your panelists said. But uh, the approach, the attack—I mean, this is an office that I have the honor of, uh, of being a part of. But it's a—it's a, it's a taxpayer-funded. It's the U.S. government pays for this, and it, it's a, a sad deal to see uh, folks. Protesting and using vandalism as a way of getting their message out, and sadly, it it's backfired on them because I think the American people see that this is just not the way to approach it.
0: Why do you think it was your office? You've got more than 400 colleagues, uh, thousands of offices just like yeah. that all over the country. Why you? Well, they've done others, but yeah, you're right. There's been only a
5: few, maybe they happen to be in my town. There's probably some people that live in my community that uh, agree with what. Uh, was said in those posters, but I can't imagine there's a whole lot of those folks that think that this was the way to do it, Uh, but not sure why. I've been vocal on the issue, but I do spend a lot more time talking about things that affect my constituents more directly, things like water and and crime and other situations that we deal with uh, on a daily basis, but I've been vocal on the Israel situation. I'll continue to be vocal. Sadly, they decided to target me on this one.
0: Yeah. Do do you think it was you who was personally Targeted. I was was struck to hear Mick say, Mick Mulvaney, who I'm sure you know, um, say, you know, maybe next this is coming to your doorstep or a member of of Congress's doorstep. Do you think you you were personally targeted?
5: No. And I've had people at my doorstep at my house before uh, over the last uh, few years when I've been in Congress. Yeah. So this isn't a new thing. And protesters showing up at the offices. Um, I mean, I wasn't home at the time, so I was more concerned for my family. Obviously, I reached out to law enforcement. I reached out to any staff that I had in the area to be there to make sure that they were with my family, to make sure that nothing happened to them. Um, But it's frustrating. Uh, And sadly, when you become a public figure, people think that this is an okay way to act. And and it obviously is not. Um, We have offices. We have staff. We have the ability for people to reach out on Uh, lots of different ways. We represent 780,000 people. So obviously not every single person is going to get a meeting with us, but our goal is to try to communicate with as many people as possible. And coming out like this did not help their argument.
0: Hey, Congressman, I got to run, but on the actual legislative front, on the substance of of what needs to happen uh, to get help to Israel, we're hearing some Democrats talk about conditioning aid. Of course, nothing has gone out the door from Congress yet. What, What needs to happen?
5: Well, obviously, we passed a piece of legislation out of the House with some conditions to it and or some cuts uh, tied to it. But as far as I'm concerned, we just need to move that aid as quickly as possible. And if there's a deal to be made, I'm happy to be a part of it and be supportive. Um, But we need to get it over there as quickly as possible. We have to help Israel defend itself, and we have to allow them to to get as many of those hostages out of there as safely as possible. And the U.S. government needs to step up and do their part for our hostages as well. And uh, I think we just need to get the aid out there as quickly as possible.
0: Congressman Valadeo, uh, sorry this happened to you and your staff. We'll we'll have you on back another time, under better circumstances, hopefully. Uh, thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Anytime. Thanks for having me. Yep. Of course. All right. Meantime, one day after visiting Israel and meeting with the country's top leaders, Hamas now wants a piece of the world's richest man, Elon Musk. A senior Hamas official invited Musk today to visit the Gaza Strip to see the destruction. Caused by Israeli forces, as they put it. Um, so we saw Elon Musk in Israel yeah. yesterday, mm-hmm. um, and now Hamas is saying, "Come on! I mean, he's not going to go. He can't." No. Go. We can't
3: accept a, <laughs> a, a terrorist group's invitation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, no. it's a little bit different than. But I will say this: <laughs> Whoa, whoa, whoa! Listen, did,
1: did we this? just say that Elon Musk is going to play by the rules?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I expected. <don't know>. <laughs> think you
1: think he would go? Did Hold did you on! See- you, think, you think he would go?
0: I do. Actually, I, with, invited go. by Hamas. Wait, I, I do no think way. You, know, Mick, really?
2: did you see the size of the security detail he brought with him to Israel. <laughs> How big of a detail? There isn't enough security people <laughs> in the world <laughs> I get <all> to protect <laughs> that guy. <laughs> it,
1: it, okay, if it, I'm it, his chief it, of staff, I'm telling him, don't go. But this is Elon Musk. This right, is I, mean, Elon. You you I, I think this is a guy who's okay, it, but it, but 100 million people are going going to watching behind the invite, though. Elon Musk uh,
4: invited himself to Gaza already because he told uh, Netanyahu that he wanted to help rebuild Gaza, which I think is awesome for Israel and other countries to rebuild Gaza, two-party state uh, system if we can get there. But Elon Musk said, I'd love to be a part of it. Now, he's going to have to go to Gaza at some point to see where he's going to put his dollars. Now, I don't think he should go under these circumstances because I don't really think it's safe. And there's not enough security in political and PR exploitation that would go along with this. (laughs) But But at the same time, he invited this. I
0: know.
3: I just, we're forgetting the major point that he's being invited by a terrorist (laughs) group. It's not being invited by Israel.
2: Let's be clear what happened here. Hamas. Had been reading his tweets, Mm -hmm. and they were saying, "What are you doing in Israel? Shouldn't you be over here with us?" I I think that's probably what they're—they're—they're feeling very rejected by him, right? We should do a follow-up story. Yeah, a week there. from now, and week
6: should should we should have comments <laughs> on the right, exactly. <laughs> what do you Tonight, th- Elon Musk was in Are Gaza.
1: I will be right back here to cover that. All right. All right. Yeah, please well, have me on. <laughs> if, if it happens, we'll talk come. about okay. it, I, I promise. Really uh, I that
0: happens. But yeah, but just... don't think it's going there. All right, joining right. us now to weigh in <laughs> is the former Israeli special envoy for combating anti-Semitism, Noah Tishby. She is also, as you might know, the author of the book, Israel, A Simple Guide to the Most Misunderstood Country, on earth. Noah, thank you for being back here on the hill. We appreciate it. Uh as always, it was fascinating talking to you last time. Um so let's pick up with where we just started. Uh Elon Musk, he was in 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 Israel yesterday with the prime minister. Um and now Hamas is saying come on over to our side. What what do you make of Elon in the Middle East?
7: So first of all, anybody who wants to do a mea culpa to the Jewish people and the state of Israel is uh, wholeheartedly welcome, and that includes uh, Elon Musk, who's obviously one of the most powerful people in the world. I'm very happy that he went there. This was a very short and intense trip, and it seems like he actually saw what was happening on the ground and was moved by it in a negative way. I got to tell you, if he was invited to Gaza, I wouldn't uh, oppose him actually going and speaking to some Palestinians, specifically the Palestinian Authority and the Palestinian leadership, because what needs to happen, and maybe Elon Musk is the person to start this, is that instead of thinking that you can make a difference in the Middle East by bashing Israel, start calling on the Palestinians to have some responsible leadership. Because what we have seen from the Palestinians literally in the past, Hundreds of years, like a hundred years, is engagement in rejectionism and kept saying no to anything that was on the table. Israel offered a Palestinian state over and over and over again. The question as to why there isn't one should be by now laid onto the Palestinian leadership. And maybe Elon Musk is the hmm. person to do this, being that, you know, he's one of the most powerful, he's almost as powerful as most countries in the world.
0: Yeah, interesting uh, to hear you say that. Um, of, of course, one of the headlines right now, Noah, is. Is this ceasefire and the return of hostages? I wonder, I wonder what you make of it right now as we sit here, but also looking forward, what do you think comes
7: next? Sadly, Hamas, the terrorist organization, knows Israelis and Jews very well. And they know that we will do anything and everything to return hostages home, specifically when we're talking about not soldiers of uh, prisoners of war, but we're talking about nine months old, sorry, 10 months old, Kfir, who's a baby who was handed from Hamas to the Palestinian Front of Liberation, of uh, uh, PFLP, basically handing over a baby for ransom reasons. And God knows where he is right now. So they know that Israel will do everything to release the hostages. But I do believe it's very clear by now that Hamas has to go. So the Palestinian people cannot allow Hamas to run. The international community cannot allow Hamas to run in any elections anymore. And they need to be uh, done with, fully done with. And that's what needs to be done. I'm very happy. And um, we're obviously very moved by the return of the hostages. And we will do everything we can to return every single one of them home. But Hamas needs to go.
0: Headline in the Hill today, Noah, uh, U.S. warns Israel over next phase of military operation into southern Gaza. And the report goes on to say the Biden administration is issuing urgent warnings to Israel over the next phase of the military operation, saying a campaign in the south of the Strip must not be carried out to the same level of destruction as took place in the north of the territory. Do you take any issue with the White House uh, and the Biden administration lev- levying that warning?
7: Obviously, the Biden administration has been spectacular in dealing with the situation up until now. What the American people and the Biden administration understands this, needs to understand is that we're dealing with a jihadi culture that beheads people and then plays soccer with their heads, that cuts off the breasts of women after they're raping them, that calls for the destruction of the state of Israel by all means possible and slaughtering all the Jews. They are currently in Khan Yunus at the south of Gaza, hiding among civilians. I would like Biden and Blinken and everybody else to give Israel another solution on how we can actually um, take Hamas out. If Yigal Sinwar is willing to turn himself in, I'm sure the IDF will take him gladly.
0: But what, what is that like? How does that happen? Because he's not going to not going to turn themselves in, and like I, I wondered, what's what's the next military step? Right?
7: It's a good question, but you know, Hamas is is using. Palestinian people, they, not only do they not care about our people, they don't care about their own people as well. This is a terrible situation that the IDF and Israel is struggling with. This is one of the worst situations. I don't think it's precedented in the world what's happening right now, the proximity of it and the number of people that are involved. It's heartbreaking, and the world needs to understand that, sadly, Hamas had sacrificed Gaza. Iran had sacrificed Gaza. They knew exactly what was going to happen, and their intent was to destabilize the entire region, which is what they are doing right now. So there are a lot of Arab countries that are invested in the the, the, the dissemination of Hamas that don't want this mess. I believe that an international power needs to come into play here and actually call on them, to figure something out. This is not just Israel's problem. This is the West's problem. This is the moderate Arab countries problem. And we know this. We know this by now. It was corroborated by a New York Times article written by um, Dennis Ross that the moderate, moderate leaders, Arab leaders of of the region, want Hamas out as well. So we all need to figure out a way how to do this. And Israel has always tried to do this with the least amount of casualties possible. As we all know, it's exactly the opposite for Hamas.
0: Noah Tishby, got to leave it there. Uh, Fascinating to hear you. And uh, come on back, please. Noah Tishby, thank you.
7: Thank you so much for having me.
0: All right. Well, now to some good news, as we referenced, 12 more hostages are free from Hamas captivity, bringing the total number of hostages released now to 81. Ten Israeli uh, and two Thai nationals have returned to Israeli territory. This wave, again, did not include any American hostages. According to the White House, there are at least eight or nine Americans in Hamas's custody. Uh, before we head to commercial break, it's fascinating listening to her oh, yeah. <laughs> to know uh, of, of all the interviews we've done here that yeah. she's the one that she's one of the ones where people say wow she's really good. Uh, you were all nodding your
1: heads along with that what was your takeaway what's plan b i mean if the white house white house fine you're gonna come out and say we don't want the same level of violence in southern gaza as we had in northern gaza fine i get that but What's your plan instead? It can't be to do nothing. Hamas has to go. You should come out and say Hamas has to go. And here's something else the Israelis could be doing instead of blowing up southern Gaza. You haven't seen that yet. Well, this is out of character. We're playing checkers checkers, and we can't be playing chess. It's out of character for the Israelis
2: to be just carpet bombing cities. They usually will send in you know, there are special forces to take out the leadership of the group. And I think the politics of Israel is playing a big role in this right now. And there oh. are different politics here in the United States. The American people do not want to see a long, drawn-out war with massive casualties among civilians, which is what you're getting right now there. So something's got to give at some point. But,
3: and you but, but, but why are we—sorry. Go, right Go ahead. ahead. No, I'm just—why are we telling them how to run their war?
2: That's a question I've heard on this set. I agree. Yeah. I mean, you know, look— I agree with that point, too. It's, it's, you can have two competing thoughts in your mind at the same time. I don't want to tell them how to run their war, but at the same time, I think that Benjamin Netanyahu's politics is driving his decision-making here, and it's, and it's trying to make himself look tough and puffy. Tishby's
4: be- best point in that interview was that the Hamas don't care about the Palestinians either, yeah. and they don't care about that's the right, Israelis, no, right? And so, but at the same time, Israel cannot be a willing prisoner of Hamas how they defend themselves with innocent people, and so there's got to be a way because you're not going to you're not going to win the PR piece with these images of innocent, no. innocent people being killed. None of us want that. Right. So I think what the president is saying is we've got to be surgical, strategic in the southern uh, in southern Gaza because you can't carpet bomb southern Gaza. But I didn't hear that. Politically Scott. It's I not, didn't hear that. I didn't,
1: acceptable. I didn't hear this is what you should be doing. All I'm hearing yep, the White, White House recently yeah. is don't do this, right. yeah. and
0: that's and not. I don't know
3: what they're saying behind the scenes. That's true. right. That's true. Well, coming yeah, that's up, uh, my interview with the congressman
0: from Tennessee, David Kustoff. He is just one of two Jewish Republican lawmakers in the House. You can see there I spoke to him just a little while ago. How he plans to take on anti-Semitism and his take on conditioning aid to Israel. We'll get into that, show you that interview later in the show. Plus, a political power play on the campaign trail. An influential billionaire is throwing support behind Nikki Haley. So will this boost the former South Carolina governor? And what does Ashley Davis think about it? What is Ashley Davis saying? Ashley walked in here today with a little bit of a stride. She was, she was all sorts of fired up. We'll see you on the other side. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
6: Nation. All right, welcome back
0: here to The Hill on News Nation. So Nikki Haley's campaign got a pretty big boost today. The influential conservative group Americans for Prosperity which is backed by the major Republican donor Charles Koch, endorsed her. It comes as she continues to see some momentum building for her campaign, although, keep in mind here, she still remains about 30 percentage points behind the former president, Donald Trump, according to most polls. Now, after her debate performances, she's drawing pretty big crowds at events, including uh, this one that you just saw right there in her home state of South Carolina last night, where she took this shot at former President Trump.
7: But the truth is, rightly or wrongly, chaos follows him. You know I'm right. Chaos follows him.
0: All right. So, Ashley, yes. uh, you are a supporter of Nikki Haley. We've talked about this on the show. You're loosely involved yeah. with the campaign. Right. Just just to throw that out there. Um, how important is this and, and what are they saying in her in her world, in her orbit?
3: I think people are very excited. I mean, obviously, this has been something that's been worked on for a long time. I think what's more important than the money, which is what a lot of the headlines are saying right now, is the infrastructure that goes along with this endorsement. The Americans for Prosperity, which is the Koch brothers organization that they started, was it 2000 yeah. they started it? Um, it comes with millions of people that will help with door knocking. With Your databases um, are
1: huge, hmm.
3: huge, and gr- the grassroots effort infrastructure that she did not have up until today. Right, she now has, and so that is more important to me than any amount of money that they will give or the group. What will is give. what is this
0: worth? Is is this worth like percentage points in polls eventually down the line? Like.
3: I mean, I would think that it's, it's more of just, again, grassroots and getting people out. Getting I, don't, I don't know what the percentage points is, but I do. I, just, I want to say one thing, because I think this is very important, and that was very articulate, what I just said. <laughs> 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 um, I think that, so all these percentage points of, of her down to Trump, as soon as these other people start getting out, which most people think will be after New Hampshire... Um, Especially if she wins number two in Iowa and she wins big in New Hampshire for number two. Hypotheticals, what go on? Hypotheticals. Then all of those people that get out that they're pulling as well, whether it's DeSantis voters that aren't Trump voters, most of those people that aren't will come to her. The never-Trump candidate. But that hasn't, happened. Trump.
1: that hasn't happened yet. A lot of the Tim Scott people have now gone to Trump yeah. people, including folks in South Carolina. But I think you're right. Uh, it, uh,
3: how do you have that to back that up?
1: Uh, the, the stuff you read from the local papers in South Carolina. Tim Scott didn't endorse her. Uh, Tim, Tim Scott supported DeSantis, I think, didn't he? No. I think, well, Anyway. but Haley is, is the only Republican that
2: I am dreading she would destroy us right now as us, we well, president biden everybody, president everybody,
1: biden, would, everybody would destroy uh, biden right now no, 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 no. i do sure. not believe trump That's will destroy
2: true. biden cuz nothing unifies the democratic party more than trump nikki haley's not crazy she seems normal yeah. she is normal i've met her she's lovely uh, and i think that it's 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 the candidate they need but I do not believe they will go with her for a variety of reasons. So I just want to show, yeah, but, so
0: just to jump off that, early state uh, polling standings. Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, Trump, Haley. Let's show the numbers up on the screen. I don't have to read them. But
1: there you go. Just call it 30
0: points. Okay, Keep but going.
3: can you look and see what DeSantis' number is? In Iowa? Yeah, I don't think so
1: that's head-to-head polling. I think you're right,
3: Ashley. So, so if DeSantis is pulling at 15%, so then she goes up to 30
4: Yeah, but that's that's practical calculation on your part, but that's not necessarily dispositive of what's going to happen. She still has 30 points or more to make up, cope. Well, work organization, here's here's what she got. Here's what she got. And
1: and Ashley's absolutely right about infrastructure and money, and that is huge. It really is. The databases these folks have is dramatic. Momentum. So if you get that. Momentum momentum is is what this is really about. about. And you're going to
4: close that gap because you got momentum in an organization. That's
1: my next question, is that I think this allows her to consolidate the anti-Trump vote. Okay. The question is, is that a 35 percent number or a 50 percent number? How do you appeal to the Charles Kochs of the world and the Mitt Romneys and the George Bushes? Keep in mind, one of her big uh, fundraisers in New York was somebody who didn't even support Donald Trump either time. Mm-hmm. How do you consolidate that vote and also peel off MAGA voters from Donald Trump? If you do that, you could win. But I haven't seen that. That's an that impossible. I'll tell you what. That chaos argument, though, that chaos argument
2: <laughs> is impossible. a good argument. You think I, so? I, yeah, I think the best thing about Joe Biden is he's boring. Right. I think the chaos argument of the American people cannot stand four more years of this waking up in the middle of the night saying, what did the president do? Right. It's just I don't want it. And I, and I love it. Well, we that's that what fight. we do. Right. <laughs> but, it is, but 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 the American people mean. do not want chaos for four more years. They weren't normal. They want to get up, have their coffee, read their paper, and not worry about the world ending. And that's what Donald Trump brings every second of his presidency. And the American people are going to remember that. And she's talking about it. She should talk about it every second because that's a winning argument, even with Republicans. And
4: the independents are never going to support Trump. They're not going to fall for
5: Trump. And just, I, I want to give
0: Ashley last Maybe. thought on this. No, I,
3: I think that you're right. I, I, what, I'm, what I'm trying to figure out with the Trump numbers is, although I think that he still only has... 35 to 40 percent that are 100% his. All right. Well,
0: as a reminder, News Nation is hosting the fourth Republican debate next Wednesday. That is December 6th, 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 Central from the University of Alabama. Moderated by SiriusXM's Megan Kelly, our own Elizabeth Vargas, and Eliana Johnson, the editor in chief of the Washington Free Beacon. We will see you, by the way, on this show down in Alabama starting next week as well. The debate December 6th. But before then, and coming up. President Biden's son, Hunter, ready to tell his side of the story now. He says he'll testify about overseas business deals with one condition. So why does he suddenly want to go before Congress? Why does he suddenly want to go before the cameras? And New York City its taken in thousands of migrants, as you know. Some are being housed on federal land. But one congresswoman wants to put a stop to that. We'll talk to her when The Hill on News Nation returns. All right. Welcome back. So President Biden's son, Hunter, is now going on the offensive. He now says he is willing to testify in public next month before the House Oversight Committee, which is investigating his family's finances. Now, the testimony would be part of an impeachment investigation into his father, the president of the United States. The committee had subpoenaed Hunter Biden for a closed door deposition. But Biden's attorney says in a letter, quote, we have seen you use uh, closed door sessions to manipulate, even distort the facts and misinform the public. We therefore propose opening the door. That from Abby Lowell to uh, James Comer today. Jesse Weber, News Nation legal contributor. uh, Come on in. This was a reversal, right? Like Abby Lowell was saying for a long time, he's a private citizen, no testimony. And now it's, we want the
8: whole world to see hunter what happened it's a little bit of a check raise and it's kind of what we've seen they've been very aggressive in their legal strategy filing lawsuits going after donald trump so what i think is happening here is twofold one must be supremely confident in Hunter Biden's ability to withstand, which is going to be tough questioning, but on a public stage and holding Republicans' feet to the fire and trying to show their evidence. But it's kind of also like a win-win situation, right? So if they get what they want, a public hearing, and able to tell his side of the story, reverse the narrative, great. If they don't, they could turn around and say look at the republicans they don't want to have a public hearing what are they afraid of so really Mm. requesting this at this point is a genius legal move from them because remember he's not in front of a jury he doesn't have to convince jurors that he's guilty Mm. or not guilty he's got a lot of free reign to manipulate this and say what he wants to say when he ultimately testifies
4: And, And jesse scott bolden here he also has if he does the public hearing he's got seven eight nine Democrats who are going to be supporting him and backing him. And this has Abby Lowell's fingerprints all over it, as you said, being aggressive. But more importantly, uh, he's got to have confidence in his witness and his client that he's going to be supremely prepped and that he can handle it and that there's nothing that's going to trip him up or nothing that he's going to um, go uh, go. Uh, you, th- right. nothing that he's going to mess up for lack of a better word. you got to have confidence in your, in your clients like that to put him out on front street.
8: And look, at the end of the day if he's not going to say anything that's going to jeopardy- jeopardize his legal case, he can very well plead the fifth. I mean, if he's obviously right. under investigation, he's not going to mm. say anything that's going to jeopardize this. but ja- Jamie Raskin mm. is probably going to be his number one defender on that. Uh, yeah, on, bring it. Mick shaking his head on something you just said. For say. the same
1: reason you just said which is this right. is not a trial. This is right. a PR campaign. Right. You take the fifth, you lose. Yeah, Jesse, I guess mm-hmm. you, you
4: don't have to answer the question. He, can't he, he can head, talk around it. He can't it. go public and put a Fifth Amendment out there. The Republicans will have a well, field day with him, and they'll run no, that tape. I, I, I beg the to differ. Campaign. I beg to, I to differ.
8: I beg the to Real quick, he could can, he can, he can <laughs> plead the fifth and say, the only reason I'm doing this is because they have these... Bogus charges against me, they're bogus investigating me, so of course I have to plead the fifth. He can say that. I'm gonna yeah, answer a question
0: now. Yeah, no. the Jesse, 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 the Jesse. Jesse, going. welcome to the panel. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Why am I not there? I should be there. Let's get the brady boxes with all of us know up. I always
3: want Jesse's hair. <laughs>
2: well, yes, I guess. do. I, I certainly do.
3: My goodness. I'd be ruining the world
2: right now
8: by that hair. Jesse, I'm only
4: jealous of you on one thing. Your hair.
8: Well, I mean you're you're, you're, you're better looking than me, so I, you know it's a trade-off. I guess. It's you're way too kind for an Jesse, old man. Jesse, we'll, we'll leave it there. We'll have you on back. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All
0: right. Catch you next time. All right. Now, uh, on to, or back to, I guess you could say, uh, the response to the israel Hamas war. The Republican Congressman David Kustoff from Tennessee is one of just two Republican Jewish lawmakers. And he has uh, introduced, rather, a resolution condemning and denouncing anti-Semitism in the U.S. and around the world. I spoke with the Congressman just a little while ago uh, today from the halls of the Capitol. Congressman, thanks for speaking with us. You're introducing this resolution today. Why is it so important to you?
6: It's important to show that the House of Representatives and the United States specifically condemns anti-Semitism. And you would think that that should be a it should be a layup, right? It should be. But we, we know what's happened in the world and in this nation since October the 7th. Right. And so for this resolution to be introduced and hopefully to be able to vote on it in the near future, we'll send a signal to the nation and to the rest of the world.
0: Do you take issue with some of the Democrats who have said we need to condition aid to Israel based on Absolutely. certain factors? Is that sort of a Absolutely. dividing line? That's-
6: that's a non-starter. It's a non-starter to say that we condition we condition A. Israel needs this aid. Um, they need to have the reinforcements from us without any conditions so that Israel can do the job that it needs to do to be able to protect herself and her citizens. And, and what about this warning about, from the White House to Israel
0: about actions in the South and maybe they need to be more careful going forward? Should the White House in your view, be, you know, moving in in
6: that direction? I trust Prime Minister Netanyahu and the Israeli military leaders. They know what's happening on the ground. And nobody in the the United States should be micromanaging the way Israel should be conducting its forces to be able to protect herself.
0: Congressman Kistof, earlier today up on the Hill, you know, you're a former congressman and, when I heard today that he was introducing this resolution denouncing anti-Semitism, you'd say, like, okay, you would think that that's a normal thing. Why is it important? To, to actually put those words on paper, have Congress vote on it, et cetera. You want me to be the cynic here, or you want me to be the real I want I you be to be Mick Sync. Mulvaney. It's
1: uh, <laughs> uh. <laughs> a couple of different reasons. First of all, it's the right thing to do, and he's right. absolutely right. It's the right thing to do, but it, this does divide the Democrat Party. It absolutely does. It depends on the language. Mm. It, it, it always, you know, I voted against the Violence Against Women Act. You can, you can call a bill anything you right. want to. The, the, the title is not the important part. It's the language that is actually the, the key critical part, and it depends on what's going to say, and will forty Democrats vote against it because of the language? Remains to be seen. I think politically, it's probably pretty savvy. Demo-
3: I'm going to save you though, because you voted against the Women and Violence Act not because of the bill, because Correct. of the poison pills that were in. That's it. exactly right. I don't but, want but, all the women that are watching this to hate you.
1: Vote, how, how do you vote against something called, the, you know, a resolution against anti-Semitism? Right. right. Yeah. You it's not a resolution; right? it's what they're
4: going to add to it. Yeah. I remember, two years ago, there was a there was a certain uh, piece that did this with some of the uh, the squad. And they added anti-Semitism to this statement of anti-racism, and that passed. But it 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 was a struggle. Look for the Democrats probably to add something to this very
1: simple anti-Semitism. Thing. That's assu- that's assuming they're allowed amendments.
4: Well,
2: yeah. you know, if you, if you really want to get
0: it passed, have open amendments. There's only a three vote margin, maybe two by the time it gets to the floor. Yeah. All right. right. Well, coming up with the surge of migrants at the southern border, the government is scrambling to house them. Where, Where do you put all these all these folks that are crossing the border? It's even using one national park as a shelter site. But one congresswoman now wants to block that effort. She's got a bill and the White House has reacted to it. We'll speak with her on the other side of the break. Welcome back to the Hill. So you are looking uh, momentarily here. Live pictures of the southern border. Uh, this is Lukeville, Arizona. Uh, legal border traffic is, or border traffic rather, is limited there in order to help shift resources to deal with illegal entries. Now, this comes as Congress struggles to find a solution to the border crisis. Again, Lukeville, Arizona, as you are watching live there uh, from our News Nation cameras. Now, a new bill that would prohibit the use of federal land or funds to house migrants is drawing some fire from the Biden administration before the House has even gotten a chance to take up the issue. Joining us now is the Congresswoman from New York, Nicole Malliotakis. She introduced that bill. Congresswoman, thanks for being here on the Hill. I uh, appreciate you coming on back. So tell me, what do you, what do you want? What, what is this bill, and what, you're, what are you hoping to accomplish?
9: Well, look, uh, my mayor in New York City continues to incentivize uh, this mass migration into New York, which has become so unsustainable that now he's looking to cut across the board 15 percent have a complete hiring freeze. We're 6,000 down cops, by the way, and we can't hire any more. School safety officers are being cut, everything. Uh, and it's because of this crisis that the mayor continues to incentivize individuals to come to New York City, offering free housing, even luxury hotel rooms. What he did was create a problem where now uh, we don't even have places to put these individuals, and they are now want to use, or they are using, a federal park, a national park called Floyd Bennett Field in Brooklyn. Um, it, this is something that the community is very opposed to. They took away this open space that was used by uh, tens of thousands of New Yorkers. Uh, it's unsafe, quite frankly, even for the migrants as well. Um, it's severe flooding in this site. It was uh, devastating I, Hurricane I, Sandy I, even a, yeah, a couple weeks I, ago and it was flooded. So it's just inappropriate and we have to stop it.
0: I, I, he, I hear you. I hear you talk about the problem. I guess the question is What is the solution? How does this solve um, anything?
9: Well, the solution is quite simple. The solution is that the Senate take up our border security bill that would actually stop the flow. What we're seeing right now is completely unmanageable, it's unsustainable, and it's unsafe. What this would do, my bill, would prohibit this federal parks, our federal parks from being used as migrant shelters and encampments. I mean, it's inappropriate. It shouldn't be done. The taxpayers fund these parks for their personal use, uh, and it's not uh, appropriate for thousands of migrants uh, to be housed there. Um, So, what we're saying is quite simple we need to stop this unsustainable flow of millions of people uh, through our southern border. Uh, We have immigration laws They need to be followed. People need to apply for asylum from the next safe country. Do you know that 50% of the cases and of asylum cases are denied because they're illegitimate? People are using the asylum to gain entry into our country. But the bigger problem is that... Each person that comes over the border is paying thousands of dollars to the cartels to be smuggled here. Thousands of dollars. Yeah, each we, person, and they're making we, we billions know the, of dollars profiting off this human we trafficking. Know the, we, know
0: the, yeah, no, we, we know the problem. Yeah, no, we know the problem. We've covered it thoroughly. Here's, here's the White House, though, pushing back on your bill. They say, quote, the administration opposes this legislation mm-hmm. because it would significantly restrict the ability of the Department of Interior and the Agriculture Department to make decisions regarding the appropriate use of their lands and resources, even in emergency or other situations." The translation there is, is that you would, this, this would handcuff them.
9: It's not their land, okay? It's the taxpayers' land. It's the citizens' park. Uh, that's who funds it. That's who maintains it. And at the end of the day, it's inappropriate to house individuals from other countries who have not been properly vetted at these sites. Uh, It is unsustainable, it is costing New York billions of dollars to the point where now we're not going to have the police levels that we need, the school safety levels that we need, the services that we need, and so the president, if he wants to do the American citizens of favor, and the migrants, by the way, he would secure the border. He would stop this illegal entry that is profiting the drug cartels, that's who's benefiting from this. Do you know that there are 14 individuals that drowned in Eagle Pass this weekend, according to my yeah. colleague who represents that area, Tony Gonzalez? Women are being raped. Look at the Doctors Without Borders report, hundreds yeah, it- of people just in the Panama part where they're transported. Why is the president allowing this to continue? It's not safe for anyone involved.
0: Congresswoman Malia i uh, got to leave it there. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for being here. Well, thank you. Yep, of course. Um, I'll, I'll ask you guys uh, the same question. What is the solution? Because I'm...
3: But I mean, you... her bill, what... Uh... What the bill is the solution for? Well,
4: the or the bill what doesn't saying? solve anything. No, yeah, the, the, it doesn't solve anything. You can't have it both ways. Republicans don't want, want, want the immigrants here or they're being overrun. Well, the president has to have a place to put them. And let's, 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 let's agree to one thing. We're never going to stop the flow of immigrants from the southern border so long as they're pursuing the American. dream, yeah. And we're not investing in their countries to make their country deep. You ready power. to agree on that? No. no. It's never been that <laughs> bad. Here's, here's now, if you accept that as a proposition, then we fix the system so that if you want to come to America, you can come to America
2: we, and get legal citizens. We can have 20 million jobs that have nobody... Applying exactly. for them I, mean,
0: I get that. I mean, if,
1: if, if we look for something to agree on, quickly. let's see if we can do this, which let's let's make it a little bit easier to get here. And keep it legally. In Mexico, yeah, exactly. problem, right, 20, say that 20, again, say that again. 20, make it make it easier to get here 20, legally 20. and make it harder to get here illegally. Okay,
2: the okay. twenty thirteen border security and immigration modernization act that was never brought up in Correct. the House. Yep. Passed the Senate. Great bill. I talked about it yesterday. Yes, Bring it up again. I, I, Congresswoman Malia Takis, I understand her constituents are concerned about Floyd Field. I have heard this from them directly. I, I agree that she should probably be out there doing that. It's a smart political move. You brought that up to me while she was talking because we're all talking about her now and nobody ever was talking about her until now. And she's doing a great job with it. But that said, there is a better solution and it is comprehensive immigration reform so that we can deal with the supply and demand issues for labor and people wanting the, to come to this country. By
0: the way, October migrant numbers, according to Customs and Border Protection, 251,000. 1,000 Total encounters at the southern border. Just keep I'm that number in I mind. I disagree
3: with you as much. But yes, they're going to stop coming if we. <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> did this that come? isn't the answer? Did this many come under Trump, like him or not like them? This many come they under, under Trump. By the way, did what you matters, see the wall
1: they were standing up against? Oh, yeah. You know what that was? <laughs> that was Trump's wall. Was <laughs> it? Uh, on, on your video. On your video?
0: We got to run and we can talk about immigration for weeks. But before we go, hold on. Before we go, North Korea, because I know Ashley wanted to talk about North Korea. (laughs) What's happening with North Korea as these two keep going at it? On the other side of the break, this is when I tell you final thoughts after the commercial. (laughs) Stay with us.
4: December 6th, the News Nation Republican primary debate. Sirius XM's Megan Kelly, News Nation's Elizabeth Vargas, and the Washington Free Beacons Eliana Johnson moderate a live primetime event, Wednesday, December 6th on News Nation.
0: All right, so before we say goodbye, here's a story and a question that caught our eye. Is Kim Jong-un watching us? Now, just days after launching its first ever spy satellite into orbit, North Korea is claiming that it has taken photos of the White House, the Pentagon, and some U.S. military bases as well. However, neither the White House nor the Department of Defense can verify North Korea's claim that it took photos of 1,600 pen. Believe it? You think they got the capabilities?
2: I think he's confusing reality with all mankind on Apple TV where the North Koreans do have a space program. So, I, by the way, I jogged around Washington, D.C. today, and I took a picture of the White House. So, there to you say, go. I've got like the same yeah. Yeah. How many, well,
1: many hole-in-ones? Hole hole in, <laughs> hole yeah, 18. 18, 18 hole-in-ones. played one more. round of golf and has scored at 18. I mean, they're, they're not worried about that. I'm not making that up, by the way. That's actually, they're not worried yeah, about so this on the White first house, time, rate, by, by the way. Here's the only thing I can add to this because we're guessing, right? Right. I'm fairly comfortable that the White House knows exactly what's happening. Yeah, <laughs> don't mean, know, I don't know what's right. happening. Right. I'm comfortable they do. Yeah, the Department of
0: Defense and everything. All and all yep. them. You guys yeah. have some fun today? Oh, I yes. hope so. I had to reel you in at some at certain points. Sorry. You both <laughs> talk really loud. And <laughs> sure, we're talking try. a lot more than that.